What about what? Okay, um, probably the most elusive statement known to man. Oh, yeah. Um, constant moving target. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, Ed, Ed always has this phrase that his dad used with his mom all growing up. And it's famous, you've heard of it. Um, but the phrase, happy wife, happy life. And so if I'm in a particular difficult mood, he likes to say that phrase to push me over the edge because he knows it irritates me. And so, but the reality is, I can say with honesty as a girl that there are moments when it's hard to know what you want. And if I can just be real with you all, I know you can back me up. Um, you know, it's just how it is. And so I'm going to teach you tonight how to navigate some of that. <laughs> so we're going to have some real talk for the next like half an hour. You guys okay with that? Yeah. Cool. And then at the end, um, I'm, I'm hoping that there will be time just for some Q&A. So please, like, while I'm talking tonight, if you have any questions that you're like, oh, man, I wonder about this, or, like, I wish you could clarify on this, write those down, and feel free to ask me at the end, and we'll try and make it through as many as we can before our time is up. So um, as I was preparing for this, I, you know, I was asking God, like I said, being real, I was a little bit, like, unsure of how I wanted to talk to you guys tonight and what I wanted to talk to you about. Um, I didn't want to come in here and just, like, try and tell you just all of these things that you should be doing from a girl's perspective um, because it's not how I roll. And so tonight I just wanted to kind of give you some truths from my journey and some things that I've realized um, just being on the flip side now, like being married and having walked through all of the journey of that comes with that and try and help you guys maybe have a clearer understanding at times of what girls want. Um, so what I'm going to kind of talk to you guys from the frame point today is what things your future wife wants you to know. Um, so that's kind of where these phrases are coming from. And so first one, I can write this down. What's on the outside will only attract her for a moment. What's on the outside will only attract her for a moment. You know, one of the main differences between guys and girls that I'm sure that you've heard many a either church speaker or whoever talk about is that guys and girls brains work differently. Guys are attracted towards visuals, and that is the main thing that propels them. Is anybody disagreeing with me on that? I don't think so. Okay, girls are more driven by their emotions. Duh. Um, girls are emotional creatures. I see a lot of you nodding your head. Um, I am nodding my head as well because I am a girl and I know myself. Um, so the difference here, though, is when it comes to being attracted to somebody that you're interested in dating, there, there's really only a, a brief moment where a girl looks at a guy and is like, yeah, he's really, really good looking. There, it's like, it's not completely gone, but it's not as a main focal point as it is for guys with girls. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, just that's a difference. And so, you know, I'm sure that you guys have heard girls joke, you know, like, we just care about what's on the inside. We don't care about what's on the outside. I am going to say right now that there is part of that statement that is untrue. Because the reality is, while we are not fully attracted to just what's on the outside, very much look as to what your character is like and what's on the inside, there is a piece of that, though, that 
you know, it is good to learn to have good body hygiene skills. Amen? Okay, so present yourself well. Don't be wandering around in, like, sweats, not showering in, like, weeks, and expect yourself to get a girlfriend. It's good to go Probably right not going to happen. <laughs> Write that down. No, just kidding. Um, no, but, again, real talk, that is the truth. But, can I just... <laughs> on the flip side of that, what isn't attractive is the kind of guy that is constantly picking apart his outer appearance and feeling like he's never going to be good enough and that he's never going to be attractive enough to some girl. And I know that that's a struggle. I mean, I know for 100% assurity that's a struggle for girls, but I know that that's also a struggle for guys. And so I wanted to encourage you guys tonight that truly for the kind of girl that you want to end up marrying for your future wife, what's on the outside is only going to pull her attention for a moment. There's so much more that she's going to be looking for beyond the surface. And there's truly, truly nothing more attractive than, than a man who's comfortable in his own skin. He's working to become the best version of himself, but he's confident in who God has created him to be. I would encourage you to write that down. There's nothing more attractive than a man who's comfortable in his own skin, working to be the best version of himself, but confident in who God has created him to be. I'm going to tell you right now, speaking as a strong, independent black woman who don't need no man, um, a strong girl, if you're, if you're interested in a girl with personality and she's got strong, <laughs> strong just opinions on things or does she just, you know, says what she thinks and all of the above, um, she's going to perceive your willingness to alter who you are and change what you're about to please her, she's going to perceive your willingness in that as weakness. And two things are going to happen. She's either going to perceive it, she's going to perceive it as weakness and then use it to take advantage of the situation or she's going to be repelled by it. And what I mean by that is if you, unless you want to date a pushover that really doesn't care about where you're headed or what you're doing or where you're going in life, then feel free to constantly change who you are and what you stand for, for a girl. <laughs> because you will always find the ability to date somebody that doesn't care how much you change yourself. But if you want somebody that's going to stand with you in the long run, is going to stand through the difficult parts of life and the things that you're struggling with in your own journey, if you want somebody that's going to stand with you in that, do not date somebody that's okay with you changing or altering or expecting you to alter who you are in order to make them happy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, a girl worth having, again, is she's going to be looking, she's going to be observing your life from a distance before she ever entertains dating you or even getting to know you, honestly. I remember for me in my own journey with Ed and I's relationship, I was able, you know, I know not everybody's journey is like this, but with Ed and I, we were mutual friends through um, our friends Taylor and Noel for like five or six years. And he would come up and speak at different youth camps and Wednesday nights he would come up for different conferences. So I kind of knew him from afar, but we at that point were not, we didn't have our own friendship. We didn't really talk outside of seeing each other in that group setting. And one of the things I appreciate though about that time is I was able to observe the way that Ed interacted with the people around him. I was able to observe how he came into a new setting and didn't seclude himself in a corner and expect 
every single person to just like go out of their way and come to him. I observed how he interacted with his friends and respected them and encouraged them and were there to support them. I observed how he interacted with his family when they were around to hear him speak or whatever the circumstance was and the respect that he had for them. And that was honestly the very first thing for me that caused me to have interest in him and wanting to get to know him more. And yes, I would be lying if I wasn't attracted to him. Like that's a big part of relationships. You should be attracted to one another. Like you want that. But at the same time, I was looking also beneath the surface of who is this guy? What he's, what is he about? And what is his character when I'm observing him saying about him? And so be, be conscious of that when you're, when you're interacting, when you're in different settings, you know, who are you? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you stand for? Do you know what your non-negotiables are? And if you don't, I would encourage you to know that because a kind, the kind of girl worth having is going to be observing those things. And if, and if it seems unclear to her or if it seems like you haven't quite figured that stuff out, it's probably going to pull her away from wanting to either interact or date you. So first one, what's on the outside will only attract her for a moment. Second one. Second one, sorry, I switched these around, so I'm messing myself up. Second one, she won't ever play games with your heart. She will not play games with your heart. This is one of the things that really just, as a girl who is, you know, Ed and I are leading this ministry together, and so we have a lot of different conversations with couples or individuals and hearing the different things that they're walking through, and this is one of the things that I observe so often that just makes it, honestly, it hurts me to observe, is when guys allow themselves to be played with and allow their their hearts to be taken advantage of and force a girl to enter into their world who has no interest in committing to them but simply wants to emotionally date them. And so I want I want you guys to hear this tonight that the kind of girl that you want to marry is never, ever, ever under any circumstance going to play games with your heart or lead you on. She might have her moments where she's not really sure or clear on what she wants and clear on where things are at, but she'll be open to having that discussion. She'll be honest with you about that. If you're in a relationship or maybe interacting with a girl that is unwilling to commit to you and unwilling to be just with you and nobody else and doesn't respect when you ask hey, um, I saw you were talking to so-and-so the other day. What's up with that? And she gets defensive and pushes you away or tells you that you're being ridiculous. Please know that that's not okay. Please know that that is not something that you should feel like you need to allow because you are worth far more than that. And you have God has much bigger plans for you than allowing some girl to come into your world and take advantage of you. So please, please know that. She won't ever play games with your heart. Okay, number three, what your future wife wants you to know. She wants to be pursued. It's a big one. She wants to be pursued. Pursuit is an interesting thing because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is something that for guys, it's kind of like when you find the girl that you want to date and then eventually marry, it's like you have, and I'm saying this because I've heard Ed describe it to me this way, but it's kind of like you have this mindset of I need to, I need to quote unquote, like win the game. 
And so you do whatever it takes, like, you know, you buy as many flowers, you buy as many nice cards, you do as many romantic dates as it takes to kind of secure your future with this girl, right? Not a bad thing, a great thing. Please do those things. Please buy flowers. Please go out of your way to make sure she knows that you care about her and you value her, right? But I want to I wanna encourage you to know, too, that this this kind of action and pursuing her and asking her questions, getting to know her, getting to know her family. You know, when you first start dating somebody, it's so easy when you go out to dinner or, you know, whatever your date looks like to sit across from them and want to get to know them because you don't know anything about each other yet. And you're asking all these questions like, hey, what, what do you want to do with your future? You know, what kinds of, you know, you ask them about their childhood and traditions, right? All of us have probably been in this setting before in these kind of conversations. But there comes a point in a relationship where it's like you've kind of hit this level where you, you know each other pretty well. It's like you've either been friends and dating for a long time and you know, you know a lot about each other. And it comes kind of to this place where there's not, it, there's not these immediate questions that you want to have answered. And so it, it's going to require a little bit more effort on both of your parts. This is not just something that you know, the guy is responsible for, but I'm telling you that there is something deeply ingrained in a woman to need and want to be pursued and want her man to actively try and get to know her and try and get to know, you know, what she's processing and what she's thinking about. And that can seem a little difficult at times. It can seem like it takes a lot of effort and I'm, I'm sure that it does take a lot of effort at times, but I promise you if your heart's in the right place with that and you're consistently trying to pursue her, even when he's been together for a long time or eventually married, I'm still thankful that Ed makes it a priority in our marriage to still have a date night once a week and we go out and we have dinner, we turn off our phones and we just talk and we talk about the things maybe that we're struggling with or you know, we ask each other questions, you know, how are you doing with this or how are you you know, feeling about this, or we talk about the future and, you know, allow one another to talk about their dreams and things that they would love to see down the road, you know, continuously be pursuing one another, okay? Um, side note, I'm, I know that this is difficult for a lot of guys. Again, real talk moment. Please, please don't allow the fear or anxiety that comes with wanting to maintain your reputation with your guy friends stop you from being quote-unquote mushy or nice or romantic with your girlfriend in front of them. Can I just tell you the moments where Ed's gone out of his way when we're around a group of his friends to come over to me and give me a hug and tell me how much he loves me that communicates almost more to me in that moment when he does that in front of his friends or in front of his family. That communicates almost more to me than just when he and I are alone together and there's not any, anyone else around. And so I'm not saying you have to like feel like you need to embarrass yourself, but I've seen and heard from a lot of guys that just have a hard time expressing themselves. And especially if they're in front of their friends, they feel like they have to maintain this facade. And I, I totally get that. But please don't let that stop you from showing the, your girlfriend or your future wife how much you care about them because that will communicate more than you ever can possibly know. So um, number four, 
I'm running out of time, so I'm gonna start like popping through these. Um, so number three, she wants to be pursued. Number four, she wants to know that you would choose her first. This is a big one. It's especially when you've been in a relationship for a while, it's easy to kind of fall in a routine with the way that you interact and your time together and all of that. And things can start to come up that you, you know, when you're first dating, you're like, man, I want to spend all of my time with you, right? And you're kind of like in this little world. But then you're together for a while and you're like, cool, a group of friends wants to hang out tonight. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that. And please have a life outside of your relationship. Like that's a good and healthy thing. You know, have friends that you hang out with together, but also have friends that you hang out with separately. That's important. But also know Make sure that you're checking yourself and checking where your priorities are and, and make sure that you are not in those times when you've been dating for a while and life starts to get busy. Make sure that she knows that you would still, at the end of the day, choose time and choose being with her first above anything else. Not that she's going to expect that. If she's constantly demanding that and not allowing you time to be either by yourself or with your friends, that's an issue. But if you are finding yourself constantly wanting to do all of these other things before spending time with her, that's also an issue. And so I just would encourage you to find balance in that and, and make sure that she knows. Again, Ed, all, he does a great job with this. And at and, and the times when I haven't felt this, I've been able to go to him and kind of say, hey, I'm kind of feeling this right now. As busy as our life is, because it is very busy, um, being in ministry and working full-time and doing all of those things, you know, it creates for a busy schedule. But Ed does a great job communicating to me, hey, I've got this going on, but I'm, I'm going to be home with you this week on this day, and we're going to have time alone together and not be worrying about any of this other stuff. And so make sure that she knows that, okay? Um, number five. Number five. She isn't always right. She isn't always right, despite what she may say otherwise. Okay? I'm telling you a little secret. I'm quoting you. <laughs> say it. Say, Brittany Holmes said this, so it's true. Um, this is what I mean by this. All right. Okay, hold on. Calm down. Um, I referred to myself a second ago as a strong, independent black woman that don't need no man. Okay? And I would like to fancy myself at times as having all the answers or not needing any assistance from anyone because I am naturally just more strong and independent. And I've always kind of been that way. Um, I need people, but I, I don't need to be coddled. Um, I think there's some girls that tend, again, this is not right or wrong. It's just some personality differences. There's some girls that, that want to be led and kind of, have someone stronger than, than them in their world, like just kind of carrying them through things. But that's never been really who I am. And so I remember thinking like in high school and realizing that was more of my personality and started thinking about like, who, who am I going to be able to date that's going to deal with my personality and the strength that I naturally have? Like, who am I going to be able to date that's going to be able to stand up to me that I'm not just going to be like, you're a pansy, get out of my way. Like, truly, honestly, like, being real, in high school, there's a reason I didn't date, because most guys I came across, I just genuinely thought were pansies, and I wanted nothing to do with them. It's over, you're a pansy. So, yeah, just get out of my way. 
But again, that's something I'm still, that was instantly something that attracted me to Ed when I first met him is because he was very strong. He was a good leader, but he was so respectful. And that's the other piece to this that I want you guys to hear is because just, just because if you are with a strong, independent black woman that don't need no man, okay, she wants at the end of the day, even if she doesn't say this out loud, she wants to know that you can lead her and that you can stand up just as strong as she is and lead together, okay? She might not like it sometimes, but I am so, so thankful that Ed is strong and even stronger than me in different areas and can say to me, hey, you were kind of out of line with this and help shift my perspective because sometimes in my independence, I can get ahead of myself. And I feel like I I don't do this too often and I'm thankful for that, but I know if I didn't have people around me to help kind of shape that, then I, I wouldn't have balance in this area. And so just know, I I don't say that statement to like, for you to use that against your woman at some point and be like, Brittany said you're not always right. Okay, the reality is none of us, hear me on this, none of us are always right, okay? None of us are. You are not always right either. And there's gonna come a point when you're in a committed relationship where both of you feel like you are right and both of you feel like the other one needs to change their perspective or opinion or what they're doing. And there's going to come a point where both of you on either side is either going to need to help the other person shift their perspective or you're going to have to allow them to help you shift your perspective, okay? So just know that. Um, I love in Ephesians, or Ephesians, I just made up a book of the Bible that does not exist. I merged Ecclesiastes and Ephesians. But in Ephesians chapter 5, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 um, you know, it's the scripture where it talks about husbands, you need to love your wife as Christ loves the church. And I love how it paraphrases it in the message version. It says, husbands, go all out in love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. I, I love this chunk of scripture with this point because there's such a balance there. You know, it says husbands are to love their wives just as Christ loved the church. And if you think about how Christ loved the church, ultimately was 100% through his sacrifice, Right? And so that means you, as a future husband, need to, to recognize that your role with your wife at times is going to be to sacrifice your pride, is going to sacrifice your opinion. It's going to mean to sacrifice um, what you would prefer to do in the moment and do whatever it takes. It's not telling her how to do something. You know, leading is not just say, hey, we need to do it this way, and it's my way or the highway. I'm the man of this house, so this is how it's going to be. Like, no, it's not, that's not what the Bible describes this as, okay? It means to sacrifice those things when necessary, to come alongside her and say, we are in this together. We're going to work through this. We're going to work through these frustrations. We're going to work through this, whatever it is, and come and recognizing the 
differences in opinion, whatever it is, and coming alongside and saying we're in this together and we're going to move forward together. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, two, two other things and we'll be done. Um, this is one that I know is like not the easiest thing to talk about, but something your future wife wants you to know. Each moment of intimacy that you share with a girl in your past is one less moment that she gets to share with you. And um, again, I know this is not an easy thing. We all have journeys. We all have past relationships, you know, different decisions that we've made. But I, wanna, I want to encourage you guys as you are working your way towards the future and what you want in a future wife and all of those things, please know that Again, this is not to condemn you. Please don't hear what I'm not saying, but please know that the decisions that you make right now will affect your future marriage. And if you found yourself in a compromising situation where you know that you've crossed your own boundary or this, that, or the other thing, um, you can't expect that to, to just completely disappear and not have some kind of effect in your future marriage with and your relationship with your future wife and again I'm, I'm in no way saying this to condemn anyone um, I just really want I want to encourage you to have the perspective when you are considering being in a relationship or considering pursuing someone ask yourself would I want to own up to this moment with my future wife will I want to have to explain to her you know again real talk when Ed and I got married, there was a conversation when we sat down and he was open and honest with me about the decisions that he'd made in past relationships and some decisions he'd made and the fact that he wished he hadn't made them, but there was a, a moment where we had to reconcile that. And so, again, we serve, we serve a good God. We serve a God who believes in redemption and is all about that, and I believe that 100%. But please know that... That doesn't, those decisions don't just go away. When you, when you make them and, and you ask God for forgiveness and you go through that process, that's an awesome thing. But please know, too, that that's going to have an effect in the future, in your future relationship with your wife. So um, it's just good perspective, I think, to have any time you're entertaining being in a relationship or how to navigate that and what kind of boundaries to put up. Okay, make sense? Yeah. Okay, last thing. This one's really, really important. The thing, probably the biggest thing that I could say to you that your future wife would want you to know is she's worth waiting for. She's worth waiting for, and so are you. You are worth waiting for. Please, please hear this. If you hear nothing else tonight, I see so many young guys desperate in this season of life that they're in, feeling this pressure to move forward to the next level in their life and settle down with someone and find a spouse and kind of get their life started, so to speak. You know, we all have felt that pressure at some point, if we're being honest. I know for sure, for me, I was single until I was 24, okay? You don't get to that age and not feel that pressure. I felt that pressure all the time. Friends around me getting married, starting families, buying houses, all of this stuff, right? And so that's a real thing. It's a real emotion. But please do not let that emotion allow you to settle for less than God's best for you. Because I promise you, and I can say this with authority, because of my own experience, I promise you when you are willing to trust God 
and wait for the right person that is perfectly matched for you. Not saying that they are perfect, but you are perfect matched together because God has brought you together. There is something so powerful in that. And that kind of relationship is worth waiting for. And so please remind yourself, you know, if you're in that season right now and you're just feeling like, man, I really want to find the girl that I'm supposed to marry and I want to settle down and kind of get the rest of my life started, your life is already going. You're already living a life. And that was a big thing that I had to recognize in myself in this tendency that I had to kind of, especially for girls, it's easy to feel like we can't live a full life without a man because society paints it like that so much. But I had to shift a perspective. You know what, God? I'm going to do what you've put on my heart to do, and I'm going to follow it after with passion, and I'm going to become the best version of myself. And if you do decide to bring a guy into my life that you want me to be with, then I'll pursue that when that time comes. But please do not live your days constantly evaluating Every single new girl that you come in contact with, like, oh, is she the one? Can I date her? There, there is something that is just so just not attractive to that. And I can promise you that that desperation, that air of desperation, it will attract dysfunction. It will attract a girl that you end up not wanting to be with and you end up resenting being in a relationship with. So you're worth waiting for. So is she. Okay? That's all I have for you. We have a couple minutes, I think, because I don't hear them in the lobby. If anyone has any questions. If you don't, it's okay. What's the big deal with the toilet seat being up? <laughs> <laughs> with the toilet seat being up? Is yeah, this a real question? Yeah. She mentioned respect. I'm really looking out for her. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it is. There is one of the most unsettling experiences to sit down on a toilet without the seat and fall in. It is not, it is not, um, it's not fun. So, you know, if that's a real question, it's, you know, just try and respect your girl. Ethan. What would you say is the biggest challenge living with a man? Biggest challenge living with a man? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good question. What? If you had a top ten. To be honest with you guys, I I don't know if this is, I'm sure that this is not true for every relationship, and I'm not saying this because we just got married, maybe I am, but um, I don't, I'm not easily like tipped over by things that like living with Ed is not a burden for me, but I think probably the biggest, like if you, if I had to choose one, it's probably just in our differences in like how we put away our clothes. That sounds really weird. But when Ed, <laughs> this is so dumb, but I'm just answering your question. Okay, for me, when I change my clothes, I will either, I don't always hang them back up. I suck at that. And if we do laundry, it's like it usually takes me a couple days to get through it and like put it away where it's supposed to go. But I always have it in a basket. I always have it in like a designated place. For Ed, when he gets changed, he just leaves it all on the floor. Like, he will literally change his clothes in our living room, and it, his, his pants will be, like, over by the wall. And I'm like, what? Like, can't you just put them in our room, like, up on something where I don't have to, like, trip over them? Um, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> okay.
expensive. Why are women's cars always disgusting? Yeah. 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 Like not not like oh they're kind of dirty. It's like uh-huh. foul. <laughs> like it smells like something died. <laughs> um. I don't, I don't know if I can answer that for every woman, but I have seen, I have seen, okay, defend her, no, I'm on an island right now, I'm not, I'm not going to take a side in Hey, all I'm saying is I've seen plenty of guys' car that is like a friggin' trash bin. So that that is your own personal preference. Any other questions? Oh, I'm not about that life, so that is disgusting. No. David. More serious question. Yeah. Uh, let's go back before I like, married. You and Ed, you guys were, uh, you guys lived apart, right? You lived over in uh, Central, right? Mm-hmm. How, like, after becoming general acquaintances, you know each other's name, and, like, maybe have friends on Facebook, right? Like, that status. Facebook like, friends. How, like, when you guys, when you had interest in them, how do you guys have, like, conversation when you live an hour and a half away? It's so, like the long distance, short distance thing. How yeah, yeah. Good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, for us, like, our story is, honestly, we, because we were long distance, and I would, I say this to girls all the time when I'm talking to them, but I would not normally condone texting a lot when you're trying to get to know somebody, but in our case, it was like, it was kind of our only option, but we were both really, really intentional with what we texted. This is, so let me kind of explain. So when... So I was interested in Ed before he was interested in me. Um, and but I like never really made a big deal about it. I kind of just was like, whenever he was up here, I was like, oh, cool, he's around, like, awesome. Really am interested in getting to know him more. And so after summer camp, the year that we kind of really became friends on our own, um, we were talking a lot in this group thread that had started after summer camp. And so honestly, it was a group thing for a long time for probably a solid like two or three weeks um, where we were talking in this group thread pretty consistently. And then he and I started talking one-on-one after we'd kind of hung out together a couple times. Like he'd come to my birthday party and things like that. And, but there was always a, there was like this invisible barrier that existed in our conversations. Um, And that is my biggest encouragement to any of you that are entertaining you know, a long-distance relationship trying to get to know somebody. Um, Number one, it's not for everyone. Um, I believe it really is, it really is not for everyone. And so if if you know that your tendency would be to kind of compromise in what you allow yourself to talk about or um, just letting yourself get too emotionally invested in that before you've really committed and truly gotten to know that person in person, um, I would be really wary of that. But for us, um, we talked pretty consistently, like almost every day, just as we were becoming friends. And in that time, it's like I was inviting him up to come speak on Thursdays. Like we both were doing things intentionally to also be able to interact in person. Um, And the reason that I like allowed myself to text back and forth that consistently while we're getting to know each other 
is I knew him for a long time before that. And so I already knew a lot about his character and I trusted the people that did know him really, really well, like Taylor Noel. Um, and I trusted that they trusted him, if that makes sense. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. So it's, it's a fine line. You have to, I think it's a case-by-case -case situation. I wouldn't normally recommend getting to know someone over text. You know, Ed and I are big, big, big advocates for, Absolutely. you know, don't trust the person. Just like, we didn't decide to start dating just over text. We were like, okay, we've never hung out really, but we talk all the time, so it's like, we, yeah, we can start dating. It's like we did several things, one-on-one, -on -one, just him and I, as well as group things, before he asked me out. And like we became official, if that makes sense. It does. Cool. How long was that long distance? We were long distance. Well, we were friends talking back and forth before we started dating for like four, almost five months. And then where we were just friends. And then we started dating and were long distance when he still lived in Centralia for like, like eight or nine months. Nina. Okay, so when y'all, when you went, when girls are having the emotional breakdown and everything, and they're asking us, I mean, what do you, do y'all want us to be silent as that? As, no, you don't want us to actually say something, because sometimes when we say something, that we say something wrong, and then we say silent, we talk about why y'all didn't speak up for us, and we're getting tired again. Oh, man. I I feel your pain, man. I'm a girl, and I feel your pain, okay? Um, I, uh, there have been plenty of moments where I have been overwhelmed with my own girl emotions and I can't, even for me, and I'm just being transparent, but I don't know how to articulate what I'm feeling in the moment sometimes or what I need from Ed. And so we've had a lot of conversation, um, since we've been married of like him trying to get me to understand how much it hurts him when he can't help me in those moments. And so um, this is just a statement for you all. What you said is so true. It's, it really, really is a moving target sometimes, and I hate that answer. But it's going to be dependent on the girl that you're in a relationship with. And that's why I believe it's so important to take the time to really get to know each other and know where they're what the trigger points are sometimes for me, um, and Ed has learned this now, I tend to get extra emotional and don't know how to process things when I'm feeling extra busy. Like when we have too much going on on our schedule and I don't have downtime at home, I like lose my ability to process and normally just like be normal. <laughs> and I like literally get overloaded and it's like my brain just explodes and I get frustrated with myself so I I clamp up even more in my ability to articulate to him what's going on and so in those moments sometimes being quiet is necessary and just letting them kind of like blah 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 all over the place and then my biggest encouragement to all of you in those moments is ask questions versus make statements and so don't don't j instantly jump in with well why didn't you do this and you should have done you should have done this to to fix that issue and that can tend to be the first initial response but if you allow allow the emotions to just kind of come out as annoying as that can be and as frustrating as it can be or on the flip side which is this is how I am 
Ed's had to learn to allow me the time to process what I'm feeling and sometimes give me a couple days to kind of internally work my emotions out and articulate them to him. So I know that doesn't fully answer your question, but yeah. Um, so it's not like conversations, just uh, not conversations, but just in like um, sermons that are preached. And this is like how how do you even know when you're ready to date? Is it almost it's almost like a struggle of saying you have to have this together, you have to have this together, you have to have this together. And even then you're probably still not ready, but you can probably go for it if you do all these steps, if you do this and this, and I'm like, hey, I'm there with yeah, yeah. you, man. somebody else into your life and try and navigate this confusing young adult journey with another person, um, I would encourage you to have a good idea of where you're headed. Um, something that really helped, and I'm thankful that Ed and I were single during our process of figuring out what we wanted for our future and where we saw like our future in ministry, because both of us came to the conclusion on our own that we had a passion for ministry and that we really felt like God had put a call on our lives to do ministry. And, and if, if I hadn't have come to that point first, and even if Ed and I had started dating, you know, a year before we did, um, I know I wouldn't have been ready and neither would he have. So they're really, I know that this is making it more confusing, but I want you to hear there is no perfect formula, like I said, for when it's okay to start dating. Truly, like, and I know, I don't know if you guys have heard this referred to, but something that I use as a filter and have used many times is the, the five Ps or the four Ps. Um, if, you, if you have the blessing from your pastors, from your parents, from your peers, and you have the peace of God, that, that's a huge one. If you feel like there's just this release inside of you, I prayed for that all the time when Ed and I were interacting and really good friends. And when he asked me, hey, like, I'm interested in dating you. How do you feel? I instantly felt the Holy Spirit just kind of release that in me and say, like, this is okay. And so it's really going to be a different journey for every single one of you. And I know that that's not like an ABC answer, but that's just the truth. And so, yeah. Any if, other? If I could add on to that. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing that I hear is uh, there's no motivation, there's no plan, there's mm -hmm. no anything. Mm -hmm. You in your own life need to have 
have a plan of what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. You need to, you know, maybe you're not exactly where you are in your job, or you're not exactly where you are in your home situation, or whatever it is, have a plan. Know in yourself that you are going to keep moving and propel yourself forward. Yeah. So I would just say, like, as long as you know you are working to be the best you can be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, what are signals that a girl does to show interest in a guy? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's a, what are some signals that girls use to show that they're interested? Um, for me, um, start a group thread, send funny memes, invite him to my birthday party, um, text him consistently. Um, honestly, uh, guys, it's, I know that this is not an answer you probably want to hear, but um, it is different for each girl. Um, for me, I have always been really, really reserved in um, just interacting with guys. And even before Ed and I were um, even friends, you know, and I had the opportunity to interact with guys and think about, like, is this somebody I want to date? Um, I, I just always kind of carried myself in a very intentional way. But some girls are super open and just super happy and talkative and friendly, and guys can quickly perceive that as them being interested, um, them wanting more. And so you have to kind of just discern... Um, for for sake of not constantly being friend zoned, you just have to kind of guard yourself. Um, truly, no, I mean this. Guard yourself and don't allow. This is kind of going back to what I said: is you know, a girl worth having is not going to play around with your heart and play around with your emotions. A girl that's respectable and worth your time and effort is not going to. Play, throw you signals that she doesn't intend you picking up. She's going to be self-aware enough to know, hey, I can't say these kind of things or do these kind of things or touch his shoulder or give him a back rub or go out on a date with him and let him buy me dinner if I'm not showing interest like that I want to have a relationship. And so if you're finding those things to be true, run away from that girl. Like literally run because she will take advantage of you on every level. And then she'll leave you high and dry and you'll be all confused about what just happened. And so, you know, I think some typical signals um, for girls to show that they're interested. I know I'm, I'm going to speak to you just from my own experience and how I would interact. But for me, um, and again, I don't want to make this a blanket statement for all girls because I've seen girls do this that are not interested um, and it's made guys think that they are, but to me, I, um, I never, ever, ever texted with a guy consistently on our own um, before Ed, because I knew that I was interested in Ed, and I wanted to invest in that relationship, and so that's one big thing. Um, draw that boundary. Texting is such an easy medium now in our culture, and it's such an easy flow of communication, and so sometimes it can feel really easy to just like be chatted up with this girl but um, that will quickly get you into trouble on either side because it can be so easily misread. And so I know that doesn't fully answer your question, but 
Um, I'd say the eyes. Yeah. Eye contact is big, yeah. First one to look for, yeah. Yep. Um, physical contact, like reaching out to try and, you know, touch your shoulder or things like that, that's big. Um, if they're, but also, on the flip side, I know plenty of girls that are just extra touchy-feely and they're big huggers and that can completely send the wrong message. So I apologize on all girls' behalf for that behavior. But just know that it's a reality. So honestly, guys, if you're interested in a girl and you see it going somewhere, be please grow a pair and just talk to her and be honest about where you're at and what you're feeling. I know that that's intimidating in the moment. No, I, I genuinely know this. And I can't even imagine what it's like to be the guy and be the one like responsible for initiating things. But at the end of the day, if you want to save yourself heartache and confusion, if you have feelings for a girl, it would be so much better for you to put yourself out there and just be honest and ask her where she's at and what she's feeling than to be led on for three months thinking that she's into you and she's not. Cameron. And if she says she's not into you, then stack up and walk away. (laughs) Don't be butthurt and... Leave, leave the community that you've spent time investing into because you're embarrassed being around. It's just a reality of life. Rejection is a part of it. And, yeah, I know that that's not fun to hear. But any, like, last questions? I know we're, like, over time, but... Yeah? Cool, guys. Well, if you have more questions, like, I'm always available, but thank you.